James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Yeah, the voice is uh, waking up. Okay, Pelosi's on. I Pelosi's on the table. Uh, yes, we're going to talk about Pelosi. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC is the number to call. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We will talk about the attack on Paul Pelosi. I would urge the conspiracy theorist out there to rein it in. I've seen everything uh, that has not everything. I've seen a lot of the stuff that was posted on Twitter about the uh, people speculating about two men in underwear with hammers and so forth and so on. And I'm not going there, folks. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, for all that, and, and I've also seen both ways. He's a liberal hippie. No, he's a MAGA guy and all that nonsense. So, of course, the politicos have weighed in, everyone from Joe Biden to Kamala Harris to your average run-of-the-mill, rank-and-file Democrat Party hack. And we can take some of that. In fact, we, we have a very extensive soundbite roster this morning, and we will delve into that to see what Democrats and their mainstream flunkies slash allies in the mainstream press are saying about it all. But your calls are welcomed. In other news... Joe Biden's agenda hangs in the balance if Republicans take Congress. That's certainly good news. Yesterday on Boston's Rush Hour, Princess Diane I spoke with Jim Jordan, Representative Jim Jordan. I have to say it was an upbeat conversation. And the day before that, I spoke with Libs of TikTok. She did a rare interview, and she did it with us. Uh, another Democrat, by the way, Congressman Don Bayer, had a staffer that was working with the Chinese embassy. Yeah, he didn't know. This is not like the thing 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 with uh, what's-his-face or Diane Feinstein's Chinese spy that was her driver for over 30 years. Conspiracies fly. Twitter gets ugly as Pelosi updates roll in. And the the this is from today's American Wire News. And the theme from Democrats is that far the far right, that would be you, that would be me, many of us, not everybody. We have a liberals that listen here too. And you by the way, liberals are always welcome to call in. Or anyone with opposing views. Yeah. Okay, and so my great team here, Diego and team, have been busy during the first few minutes of this program with the last-minute request that I had. As the news rolled by, and I heard my, my friend Frank Diaz highlighting news of the week, he did the story on Trump. And I'm listening to this thing, and I'm saying, just go ahead and play it. I'll react to it again. Finally, a growing number of prominent Republicans are warning that former President Trump should not run again in 2024, and if he does, he will lose. Former Speaker Paul Ryan, former Florida Governor Paul Ryan is not a prominent Republican to many of us. 
He is a backstabbing, a political backstabbing rhino who used his entire speakership to try to undermine Donald Trump. And most people in the base don't care one whit what Paul Ryan has to say about anything. I know he's on the board of Fox, and I know that there are people that hold him in very high esteem, but, huh. All right, continue. Speaker Paul Ryan, former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, and former Vice President Jeb Mike Bush, Pence. Stop there. Jeb Bush, the man has spent $100 million to run against Trump in the primaries and ended up with one, or was it three, votes. $100 million. And Jeb Bush couldn't even get... Look, I like Jeb, I used to like Jeb Bush very much. But Jeb Bush, sour grapes, anybody? Sour grapes? And does what Jeb Bush has to say matter to most of you? Continue. Former Vice President Mike Pence in recent days each indicated they'd rather see someone else on the ballot for 2024. Some of the most outspoken figures like Ryan Bush and Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming are oh, no longer Liz standard. Cheney. Liz Cheney, no, let it go, keep going. We're There's in the busy. party, here's Cheney back in July on CNN. I think that uh, I think Donald that, Trump uh, uh, violation that, of uh, his oath of office, the violation of the Constitution... Uh, that that he engaged in is the most serious misconduct of any president in the history of our nation. The former president has not said whether he plans to run again I in 2024, but he hints that he has made has a decision and regularly teases in speeches that he may have to do it again. Those are some. Of your- I think. I think that Liz Cheney's a uh, 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 term as a Republican Congresswoman is over. That's what I think. I think Liz Cheney. I think Liz Cheney is a never was been. I'm, I have always tried to be nice to Liz Cheney in spite of all of this. I have never wanted to make it personal, but you know what? Liz Cheney, please go away. She's out campaigning for Democrats now. Okay, that's her right. Liz Cheney has forfeited any, any respect from many people in this party. And her future, her political future, I know she's probably hoping that the tide will turn. She thinks that this Trump hate that she's been infected with will spread to all corners of the Republican Party, and then she'll be seen as a hero one day and maybe make a grand re-entrance back into politics. But never forget, I hope the Republican base never, ever, ever forgets Liz Cheney out in the middle of a campaign season campaigning for Democrats who want to tax and spend the American economy into bankruptcy, that she is not acting in the best interest of not only the Republican Party, but the best interest of what conservatives need. So, Liz, hopefully after this, you will go away, and your campaign will be over. And for the rest of you Republicans who are so timid and afraid of Donald Trump, Donald Trump did more for the conservative cause than any other president in our lifetimes, and that includes Ronald Reagan, the great Ronald Reagan. And he did it 
with political hatchets and knives from people like Paul Ryan in his back. How dare you people? Paul Ryan, Liz Cheney. Why didn't you just throw in Frank? I'm not criticizing you, Frank. I just was infuriated by listening to the report. I'm not criticizing you for doing the story. I'm glad you did the story. Frank V is a great guy. But seriously, we're going to listen to what, what Paul Ryan has to say. We're going to listen to what, what, what Liz Cheney has to say as Republicans, as conservatives, even if, like me, I don't necessarily identify myself as a Republican. I identify as a conservative. Liz Cheney. Paul Ryan. Yeah, let them run with the Democrats. That's who they align themselves with. Thanks for pulling that out, Diego. Wow. There is a story today in one of the, I think it's in the Amazon Prime Washington Post, it is, a top national security prosecutor joins Trump Mar-a-Lago investigation One of the Justice Department's most experienced national security prosecutors has joined the team overseeing the intensifying investigation of classified documents at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home and private club. People familiar with the matter say national security law experts interviewed by the Washington Post say, notice these people don't put names on anybody. These are all, all people say, these people we interview say, for all we know, it could be the janitor. Hey, let me ask you a question. What do you think? Not that there's anything wrong with janitors, by the way. I'm just saying. It could be the janitor. It could be It could be the coffee person. The person that, 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 that does. I'm sorry about that. The, uh, the coffee person here is offended. Um, it could be anybody. We don't know who these people are that the Washington Post talks with. Well, here's one name, the guy that was appointed, I guess, David Raskin, who served many years as the senior federal prosecutor in New York City. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess he's not biased. And has recently worked as prosecutor in Kansas City, Missouri, has been assisting the investigation into Trump and his aides, according to people familiar with the matter. More people. He's considered one of the most accomplished terrorism prosecutors of his generation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from that, we're supposed to all assume that Donald Trump is guilty. Well, I'm not going to ever make that assumption without major, major proof, period. And I hope Trump runs again. I said it. I hope he runs again. Not only that, I hope he wins again. How's that? And that's not to say that the Republicans do not have other candidates that would be Amazing. Let's face facts. Ron DeSantis is an amazing governor. Let's face facts. Christy Nome is an amazing governor. Let's face facts. Doug Youngkin is an amazing governor. Let's face facts. We've got a few up-and-comers. I'm going to tell you something. This Carrie Lake, whoa-ho-ho, she's hell on wheels in a good way. Takes no mess. If she wins that race, can't wait to see what she's going to be like. She's amazing. 
we have a great bench coming up of Republicans. And the ones that are already governing in these various states are proving that they know how to govern and they're unafraid of liberals and their socialist agenda. So, yes, we do have plenty of people that would be able to step it up, run for president, and if they won, become great presidents. But let us not forget what Donald Trump went through, is going through with these endless persecutions. And I am not one. I think we should reward the loyalty that Donald Trump has given to America and given to this party by not turning our backs on him because the liberals have gang, have tried to gang up on him with these legal maneuvers. Show a little loyalty here for the guy that brought you to the dance. And he brought conservatives to the dance. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, coming back. Bo Snurdly, James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Have that cup of coffee. Join us. Have a good time this morning. We intend to do just that. And we'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air, 77 WABC. Yes. Steely Dan brings us back in from the Asia album. This song is what, a seven minute? uh, This song is so wonderful. Donald Fagan. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC's number to call. So Biden's agenda. We are told. Wait a minute. Let me see. Oh, Derek's being a wise guy this morning. Oh, oh, really? Would someone please call Mr. Hunter 
he's up early. And and Mr. Hunter actually has some things to say about Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, Biden's agenda hangs in the balance if Republicans take Congress. For President Biden, the dreaming of FDR phase of his presidency may end in a little more than a week. If Republicans capture one or both houses of Congress in midterm elections, as polling suggests, Mr. Biden's domestic agenda will suddenly transform from a quest for the New Deal 2.0 to trench warfare. Oh, good. We'll resume this. Mr. Hunter. Stop. Good morning, Mr. Golden. Okay, so... Yes, Donald Trump, I said, brought us to the dance. High time we show a little bit of loyalty instead of listening to these backstabbers like Paul Ryan. Oh, I know you're buddies with Paul Ryan, probably best buds. You're probably best buds with old Paul Ryan. We we do each other's hair. It's wonderful. No, I have no love for any of these people, James, but I will never. Come on. Wait a minute. Stop it. You never never hung out with Paul Ryan? No, I never hung out with Paul Ryan, although uh, his. His communications director was my intern when I worked for Senator Burns. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. You have no love for for uh, Elizabeth Cheney? No. Good God, no. Yeah, well, she's all, these are all the ones telling, saying that Trump shouldn't run again, and then here you come with this little snide remark. He may have brought us to the dance, but he also gave Democrats the Senate by discouraging people from voting in Georgia by saying their votes wouldn't count. Explain yourself. Do you remember the special election in Georgia when Republicans had the possibility of controlling the Senate? All they had to do was win one race. I remember that. Do you remember the president campaigning then for that? Or No. Do you really what remember? I remember what I remember is that Georgia uh-huh. was problematic in the last election cycle, Derek. James, 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 yes. I don't I am not anti Trump, as you know. I am never, ever going to pledge loyalty to a politician, any politician ever. They have to earn it because they're all politicians. So and what did Donald Trump he didn't earn it? Are you telling me that Donald Trump Standing up against the left the way he did almost single-handedly all the damn time with Republicans throwing their hatchet and their knives in his back. Are you telling me he didn't earn it? No, he did a fine job as president. I was very happy with him as president, James. But elections are not rewards for past deeds. They are about the future. And there are other candidates out there that are worth listening to. Who will win? Who would ultimately get my vote in a contested primary? I don't know, but I'm certainly not willing to throw my skirt in the air and hop into bed with somebody this far out before I understand who else is out there trying to court me. <laughs> oh, this is uh, this is problematic, Derek. I mean, seriously, look. Well, you're going to reward some. Look, it's it's great. That's the problem with far too many Republicans. Every time Republicans lose, it's because they're not putting forth a vision of the future. They're saying, "Look what we've done. Look what we've done. We cut your taxes." But look at what he did. What? what, Stop it! No, it does matter what he did. Are elections rewards for what you've done, or are they competing? The fact that Donald Trump. 
Derek, the fact that Donald Trump was able to accomplish these things, the economy, how quickly did he turn around the economy before? If he did it once, he can do it again. How quickly did he implement the border plan? How quickly did he and not one other president, Republican president, in our lifetime decide to take on China? Other Republicans, everyone. Could not do it. Do you think Ron I love DeSantis Ron DeSantis? I love Ron DeSantis. I love Ron DeSantis. Period. Yeah. I love Ron DeSantis. Do you think he's incapable of doing what Donald? I Trump don't is? think he's incapable. I mentioned Ron DeSantis. I mentioned I Christy Nome. I mentioned Trump. Doug Yunkin. That was not the last question. It was the first question. My God, are you the kid who, like, the second you got out of the driveway, you're starting to yell at mom, going, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" Calm down. Yeah, I was that kid. <laughs> I know you probably you strike me like that, but <laughs> there are other people who do it. Why not let them do it? Look, one of the things that made Donald Trump an effective candidate against Hillary Clinton in 2016 was the contested primary where he had to win it in 2016 against a field of 117 different Republicans. Why yeah, would like old Jeb Bush out here mouthing off that he shouldn't run against Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush. Show me on the doll where Jeb Bush touched you. Calm down. I'm making a different point. <laughs> the point is that it made him a better candidate. There's nowhere to go but up. He could only be made a better candidate if he had a contested primary. You plow the road for somebody, they're never going to drive well in the snow. But if you let people earn their way towards something, they will what? become stronger. Donald what? Trump, I don't understand what you just said. If you plow the road for somebody, they're never going to drive well in the snow. If you plow you just, the road for somebody, they're going to drive extremely well in the snow because they don't have to drive in the snow. It's been plowed. No, you you're not about? going to be there to drive, plow for them. Good Lord, it's a metaphor, James, for God's sake. And it was a horrible metaphor. Take and who wants to think about snow car. anyway? But, no, but listen, I'm all for whoever. We, I'm for the Republican. I am for the most conservative Republican. I'm for the conservative. Right. Well, I, given a choice between a Democrat and a Republican, I'm for the Republican every time. And I want the most conservative Republican possible to win. Let me tell you something about your vote, James. Let me tell you something about your Washington, D.C. buddies, Derek. Uh. Yeah, that's right. When the, I'm, I'm meeting them for tea and crumpets at 8, so let's make this quick. Okay. For years and years, these people always told us they how conservative they were. And they I told understand. us that while they were selling us their little magazines. I'm, by the way, borrowing a rip from Rush on this, because he used to point this out a lot more eloquently than I will be able to do it. For many years, they t- they sent, they they hey, come on this cruise and join us in the conservatives. And let's talk about the future. Or come down here to this big gathering in Florida and let's talk about the future and, 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 and spend money on us and donate to us. And what did conservatives get from all these conservative elected Republicans? They got squat. They got nothing. They got, oh, if you just give us two more votes and we control the House, we'll be able to stop them. Oh, never mind. You gave us the two votes. Now, you know, you have to give us the Senate. Oh, you gave us the Senate, but that's not enough. We need a veto-proof Senate. It was all excuses all the damn time. That's all we hear from these Washington conservatives. The minute Trump comes on the scene, out comes their hate for Donald Trump. They hated him. They worked against him the whole way through. And he prevailed. He got stuff done in spite of the backstabbing that went on from day one. 
And here this okay. man stands with every legal difficulty in the world being thrown at him by these haters, this prosecution, and then here you are. Well, he has to earn my – he already earned your damn right. vote. Look, if he wants to crash on my couch tonight because he doesn't want to drive home, he's welcome to it. If he wants to be president of the United States again, I'm going to weigh my options. It's just that simple. Do you really think you'd rather have him than Donald or than uh, Ron DeSantis because of what he's done? What would he do in a, in a second term compared to what DeSantis Finish would do in the first? the job he started with the borders. Bring this economy back. Mm-hmm. And DeSantis What's could the do Biden that. people minor. I'm not saying and, just, I I reiterate once more. I love Ron DeSantis. I'm not pouring here. sugar in his gas If Ron DeSantis is the nominee of this party, I would do everything possible to see him elected, including going out. If if he ever so asked me to go out on this stuff with him, I'd do it. Everything he is possible. Not the not. You'll do everything you I'm can. I'm saying to if Donald Trump runs, all I'm saying is Donald Trump runs again, based on his track record, his incredible courage. At least those of us who waited for years for somebody to actually keep their promises, including the biggest one, a conservative Supreme Court, we should at least not turn our backs on. You remind me of these English. You remind me of these English guys. The English guys that turned on Winston Churchill as soon as the war was over. Oh, hey, thanks, Winnie. See you later. Get out. Uh, how is the view from the cross up there, you martyr? No, give me a break. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Per- oh man, you're being wildly irrational. Somebody. I'm irrational. I'm irrational. Yes, you are being irrational. You're being irrational. Do you see? Do you, who do you think would do, run a better campaign and have a better chance of winning? I don't give a election? damn about the campaign. I give a damn about well, in office gonna, and doing what they're going to do. Donald well, Trump has proven that he will do what he said he's going to do. You name me another Republican president. That name me one. Name me one Republican president that 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 laid out his agenda before the American people and did exactly that. Name one. Taft. Crickets. No, you, look, you're sitting there making an argument, James, based on emotion. First of all, I would implore you to remove emotion from this. This is politics, and you're you're letting your passion get the better. I of am you. passionate, but that doesn't mean I am not making sound. Don't use these debate one hundred and one tactics against me. Yes, I'm passionate, but I am talking fact here. Name one other Republican in our lifetime, including yours, youngster, who actually did what he said he was going to do when he was in office. Rand Paul, uh, Jim Jordan. President. President. In my lifetime, there have been two or three. So, I mean, what am I supposed to do? It ain't the Bushes. Exactly. So, I mean, what kind of unit of measure is that? You can make any argument you want. If you control the unit of measure, you control everything. So, you know, saying in your lifetime, I am not a historian. I am telling you that, okay, I mean, if you really want me to nitpick, remember nitpick. when Donald Trump signed Remember when Donald Trump signed that executive order ending birthright citizenship? Yeah, no, you don't, because he didn't do it. Because we didn't get that. Did we, on the table. 
an executive yeah, he left order, some things on the it table. Doesn't, it doesn't require congressional action to sign an executive order. Ask Joe Biden and his student loan giveaway scam. So there were plenty of and things. And look what's happening to that. It's being overturned. And you know it's good. You know good and well that if Donald Trump ever signed that executive order, the court challenges would be up immediately. Ooh, some people so want to talk. Some people want to talk to you, Jerry. So fights aren't worth having if you'll probably lose. No, those are often no. the fights absolutely worth having. Plus, you at least advance the concepts because then you force Republicans who are squishies, who are really terrible, who campaign as conservatives and govern as progressives. And a progressive can be in any party. You force them to go on record. And then when they don't do what they say they're going to do, we, the voters, can hold their asses to account and vote them out in the primary. Nothing is immediate. Politics is a long game. There is no finish line. There are only checkpoints every two years. And oh, you're so you're, profound. I know, right? Did you, did you, did you I, make that up yourself, or did you read that from somewhere? I just had a fortune cookie for breakfast. Can you hold on because people want to talk to you on the phone? Well, you know, this is exactly how I wanted to wake up on a Saturday morning is fighting with you, James. Yes, I'll hold. <laughs> James Golden, Derek Hunter's going to be, we're going to take some calls when we get back, and I'll let you at him, and we'll see what happens. I can't wait. James Golden. <laughs> it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, Derek Hunter, the columnist, the writer, the amazing philosopher, and the snowplow expert is on hold. We'll be right back after this. Oh, no, politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. I was going to try to find some wimpy bumper music for Derek. But then I decided, nah, let's rock it in with some Maxwell. So that's what we're doing. Maxwell brings us back on WABC. You should have played Maxwell's Silver Hammer. I'm surprised you know who Maxwell is. I said you should have played Maxwell's Silver Hammer by the Beatles. Oh. It's a poor taste joke. It really was. Yeah? Hold on. I just want to hear this part, Derek. This is called Soul, bro. Saturday morning, 800-848-9222. Right, Scott, you had something to chime in here. What was it? Uh, I'm going to go to call. Yeah, I get to go first against this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want him lifting up his skirt and jumping into bed with me. <laughs> No, I mean, I think the the point, and, and again, I'm not Mr. Trump either. I, but I do respect what where where Mr. Snurdly is coming from as far as giving Trump a chance to finish the job. The first two years that Trump was in office, he had the entire Congress, his majority Congress, working against him, and he, as an outsider, he didn't know how to play the system. It did not every single day 
for like two years, didn't these guys just vote on repealing Obamacare? Wasn't that pretty much the only thing that happened in the Congress for two years? Am I wrong there? No, no they passed tax cuts. They, they did a lot of things. They got a lot done. The good things, the big things that Donald Trump wanted, they didn't do. Paul Ryan sabotaged them. And then John McCain torpedoed them when they had the chance to repeal and replace Obamacare. But no, they, there was These guys more hated him. They hated him so much they basically resigned. Does, does, does James make you call him Mr.? He, he does. Blink twice. Blink yeah. twice. I'm, we'll talk <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Derek, let's take some calls because people want to speak with you. Your anti-Trump uh, self. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I am, James. Good. <laughs> Ken in Floral Park. <laughs> Floral Park. You're on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And Derek Hunter is here, columnist, writer, also a radio host. Um, and he's just an amazing guy despite his anti-Trump leanings. Ken, you're... I'm anti-James Golden. Right now I'm very anti-James Golden. Hey, good morning, James. How are you? Thanks for having I'm me good. on. Okay, Ken. Hey, Great Derek. To have you. Good morning. Uh, good thanks. Morning. Um, just wanted to say, you know, if I was managing a baseball team and I had a home run hitter like Trump on my bench, and I plugged in some other guy with a lot of potential, you know, to go and be a designated hitter, I'd probably get fired. It would be actually quite irresponsible of me. And that's what I just wanted to add to the program today. I just don't think James is being irrational at all. I think uh, you might. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Derek, go ahead and respond. You, well, then the home run hitter can earn it in spring training, right? Shouldn't, shouldn't the home run? Eventually, Babe, here's your Yankee. Babe Ruth was let go by the Yankees eventually, right? He went out and played for the Boston Braves. Didn't go yeah, well they, yeah, they tossed him out the pasture, and and Yankee fans have never forgiven them for doing it. I think they did. I think they have. I think the Yankee Stadium sells quite a few tickets, and uh, they yeah. they do quite quite decently in the merchandise department too. So I think they have forgiven them. But no, Babe, look at uh, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, stayed past his prime. Brett Favre, Last, welfare cheat. The last couple of years... Welfare cheat? Now you're bringing in welfare cheats into this discussion? You can tell how you don't have a good argument by the way you won't even let me make mine. Um, it is... <laughs> he stayed past his years, his last few years in Minnesota. It was a waste. He shouldn't have been there. Tom Brady, okay, he goes... Oh, down wait a minute. So you're, saying that, you're oh, saying that Trump is past his prime. Get him no, out. He I'm did what saying, he. You just made that comparison. He stayed too long. You know, James. Every Saturday morning, it's post, I post at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or at derekhunter.locals.com the week in effing review, where I talk about the news the way it deserves to be talked about, like a drunken trucker. I wish we were online right now so I could. Tell, talk to you the way I talk to you off air. But I am talking about people who have – they state, all right, Tom Brady, after he won the seventh Super Bowl, it's time to call it a day, right? He didn't have CTE yet, and he you know, would probably try to avoid it. Now he loses Giselle, and you think, does he have CTE? Is he trying to get CTE? Is it too – he stayed too long, but he earned his spot. And now he's dining out on, and he's lost three in a row. He's the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. 
because the Buccaneers have no quarterback in the pipeline because they have Tom Brady and they haven't made contingency plans for not having Tom Brady. Whereas we have to have contingency plans. And then if Tom Brady comes to the spring training, the primary process and blows everybody out of the water again, he's our quarterback, but you don't make him your quarterback in the off season. You don't guarantee him the slot. He's got to earn it. It would make him a better general election candidate if he, in fact, does run. And if he comes into the primary and gets whooped by a Ron DeSantis, then wouldn't you go, well, we got to go with Ron DeSantis, don't you? I already said that if Ron DeSantis is the nominee, you don't. I'd no, be no, 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 I'm not talking about the nomination. I'm talking about the fight for the nomination. You want to clear the field and anoint somebody right now, whereas I say I want to give Donald Trump the second term he deserves. No, make it Thunderdome. Two men enter, one man leave. Make it a a battle royale. Everybody gets in the ring, and the last one standing gets it. Uh, That's what I want. Tony in Ridge Hill, you're on with James Golden Lake Snurmi, and you're on with Derek Hunter, Trump hater. Good morning. Uh, I'm a, a physician executive I'm driving into work this morning. So if I'm going to hire a junior level staff person, then I might take someone who has a lot of potential, give them the time to develop, see what their potentials might be and their career goals are. But when I'm hiring for an executive level, such as the president, the United States, I want to see what that person already has accomplished. You know, you, uh, that's a that's a much higher level of accountability and responsibility. And, I, and I'm not going to just take the, the um, Are you calling the, junior the person governor of them. Florida a junior-level staffer? You're making football analogies. Do you think that's reasonable? <laughs> I can't help but notice you don't answer the question. But that's okay. I can't help no but answer. notice you didn't answer the question. That, no, we're not saying question. that, You Ron said I was making snowplow analogies. We are, we are not saying that Ron DeSantis is a junior-level person, but if you're going to make you a are. football analogy... As a matter of fact, you are. You're saying so, as a matter Donald fact, Trump not. or a junior-level staffer. How about you try out the uh, executives and see who is the best executive? Right? How about, no, you're, that's, not saying, that's not how business works. That's MBA well, 101. That's not how business works. Business doesn't have business primaries. Politics isn't football, sir. So, I, you know, it's really pointless to argue with someone who isn't going to have an open mind about it. You've got your feet dug in already. So it, no, it isn't like you're going up against each other. James has his you, feet dug in already. You, you have your feet you, dug in already. You're the one who has a candidate. I am one out there saying, I want a no, candidate I, I, my I, vote. You've given your vote to I a candidate. Did I say that that was a done deal with Trump? I'm making the argument that you don't take a junior, and in this case, that is the analogy. That is Ron okay, DeSantis. You're making a junior-level staffer out of the listen. governor of Florida. Okay, You're making you a junior-level staffer. No, 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 no that's not fair. Tony, I love you. Derek is incorrigible, Tony. Tony, Derek is incorrigible. You made a great point, Tony, and we all heard it. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you, Tony. Love you, babe. Thank you. Drive safe. Uh, Derek, hold on. We have, we have more oh, calls for you. Lord, man. Am I doing your show today? <laughs> yes. And just stop complaining about it. You started this. James, don't. You did. 
Jerry, you sent me a, you sent me a message in the middle of my uh, uh, discourse on Donald Trump, and now you have that, to pay the price. That's nothing about you know what I really want to spend the next forty five minutes arguing with you on radio. But you're not arguing with me. You're arguing. With, you're arguing with beautiful people like Tony, who made a very mm-hmm. sound and reasoned argument. And yet, yeah. what did you do? You don't go with the junior staffer. But I'm not calling the only other person you're talking about a junior staffer. But I'm not going with a junior staffer. But I'm not calling the junior staffer. The, okay. Yeah, I know. Perfectly sound. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. If there ever come a time when you feel real nice, yeah, and you want to let someone know that you really appreciate them, what do you have to do? Cool in the gang, bring us back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Derek Hunter is with us, columnist, author. Ooh, we just got somebody. Ooh, let's do him, so to speak. Let's go to Stu in Brooklyn. And, Stu, you're on with James Golden, and you're on with Derek Hunter. How are you, Stu? I'm doing fine, guys. I figure I got at least 30 years on both of you. So from the perspective of my advanced years, I'll remind you of something, James, and that is that the cemetery is filled with indispensable people. That's why I agree with Hunter. I love Trump. I think he's great. There's always room for a change. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, thank Remember, you. Cleveland had to earn it the second time, too, you know. Yeah, that's the guy who uh, didn't his wife run the uh, presidency uh, while he was. Uh, um, no, that was Woodrow Wilson. Would, no, it, no, no, no. Grover Cleveland had a heart attack. Yeah, well, Woodrow Wilson had a series of strokes and wasn't seen publicly for like nine months. Yeah, so Woodrow Wilson, that. Democrat, racist. Yes. Yep. Well, yep. why why repeat yourself? Thank you. That's a good point, Derek. Stu, thank you for the call. You make you Stu, thank you for your contribution. Deep, Stu, you know it. how notice how quickly he gets you off the phone. Because you I wanted somebody correct. that agreed with you. So they're if so rare. Correct. They throw you under the bus. 
David in Los Angeles, you're up next on WABC. You're on with Snurley and you're on with Derek Hunter. How are you, David? Great. Well, you know, he's got me very frustrated. I'm going to call to back you up, James. Here's what people have to realize. Trump is like nothing the world has ever seen. Head and shoulders beyond anybody. There is no number two. The way he took on the world, the way he took on world leaders and organizations, what he I did think Kerry Lake could kick some, now, some ass. Uh, I think Kerry Lake could give my opinion. I'm giving my opinion. Now, there are other good Republicans, but it's it's no contest. There's never been anybody like it in the world history. Okay, so to say, well, I just want to weigh my options, you're not giving Trump enough credit. You haven't paid enough attention. And, I don't and he owe mostly, anybody enough credit. But if, you, if, you're, if you're so right, you will win in the end. So I don't understand why you're angry about the prospect of a primary. People that don't want to realize how far ahead Trump is than everybody else are just jealous. Well, you know, he called Elizabeth Warren uh, Pocahontas. I didn't like that. It's these little crybaby, sissy, emotional issues and jealousy. And so, again, we need to clear the field. There's nothing else to talk about. Trump all the way. And we're lucky we have this moment in time with him. It's a shame he can't be president forever. There'll never be anybody like him. And I really got no reason to say all this about him. I'm a narcissist, self-centered egomaniac. So I don't like to admit that anybody's better than me. But there's never been anyone like him. And, and I'll leave it at that. Thank you, David. You Appreciate the call. Flyer up there? Now, James, what? you don't. You don't uh, agree with the he should be president. You don't believe anybody should be president for life, I hope, right? That's not the system we live in, Derek. You know that. Joe no, in Manhattan. How quickly you dodge. What do you yes, Bob, uh, Derek, uh, who had the gonads to go see Kim Jong-un in North Korea? No other president ever crossed the DMZ other than Donald Trump. That's it. You people all seem to be under the delusion, thanks to James, that I believe things that I do not. This is not about what he's done as president. He was the best president in my lifetime. Oh, it say is it again. about going forward that he has to earn my vote. There, Every year, my governors have to earn my vote. My members of Congress have to earn my but vote. But he met a communist dictator, and he went there, basically put it on the line. He went across... Did, did, did no one else did it. Did Obama do it? They looked for binoculars. Same with everyone else. They, they look at the freaking name of the vice president there. She looks at binoculars, too. No, it's baloney. It's baloney, man. It's baloney. Everything is that, you're saying is past. Okay, one at a time. One at a time. It's getting confusing. Do not reward politicians for things they've done. It is about what they are going to do. Politicians, Republicans get into trouble when they say, look at what we've done. Vote for us because we've done this for you. And it's always about taxes. And people go, yeah, all right. Uh, for the first month, I liked having a slightly bigger check, but now I'm used to it. What are you going to do next? It's not about what you've done. It's about what you're going to do. He should have an agenda. He may well have the agenda that I vote for in the primary, but he's going to lay it out. I'm not going to hop in bed with anybody. I have going to this hop in bed business. James says who will go to bed with anybody. Oh, stop it! I am not a hoe. Glenn and Pauling, New York. You're on with Derek Hunter. You're on both with James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. <laughs> 
Hi, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I just can't believe this gentleman, Derek. You even admitted that he's a, a great president. So why right. would you not? Now, now listen. We can't. We can't have division. We have to have loyalty. Because you know, I want to hear Ron DeSantis out. I want to hear yeah. Ron DeSantis out. Yeah, but you see, this is where Democrats are so loyal. They're going to get their 80 million votes again. We got to make sure we get our 80 million. What do you mean Democrats are so loyal? They had a, a long battled primary. Because they're going to vote whoever the Democrat is, and they're not going to splinter. We're splintering. Do you know that the Sanders have come up to New York to, to campaign with uh, Zeldin? That looks terrible because why isn't Trump coming up? See, we're, 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 not, we're not loyal, and we're not on the same team. The Democrats, like I say, are going to get all their votes. And, so, and if the, the election comes around and there's a third party, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. You should, you should be loyal to because ideals people like you, more so people than like you, people. Because than people like you, 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 you say he's the greatest president in your lifetime. Let's get him back in there and get – the first thing is get get the fuel. Get the, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Get I so emotional. appreciate you, Glenn. Don't We're trying to squeeze it. And it's Dan, by the way. It's not Glenn. It's Dan. Thank <laughs> Sorry you. about that. Thanks, Dan. Dan. We appreciate emotional. your call, my friend. Jan in New Jersey. You're on with Derek Hunter, and you're on with James Golden on WABC. How are you, Jan? Hi, uh, Bo. Thank you so much for taking my call. I want to ask welcome. Derek how. How many years have you served in the military, Derek? As many as Donald Trump. Let me tell you what. I spent ten and a half years. I was in Desert Shield and Desert Storm. All right? Uh-huh. I was under the bushes, which I don't care for at all. We uh-huh. uh, survived two terms of Obama. And what did he do? We had more people getting their heads cut off under him. He could have wiped out ISIS. And guess what? None of that happened during Trump. And he deserves a second term because you know what? The problem was he was surrounded by the swamp. Bill Barr, I knew it right from the beginning, and I told all my friends he's not going to uh, finish out the term because he's Who a push him? boy, and he and he was there. Who, who appointed him? To, who appointed what? him? Who appointed Who appointed Bill Barr? Who well, appointed the, the Christopher Ray to the FBI? Who appointed Christopher Ray to the FBI? Who appointed you know why? John Bolton? Because who appointed, he who hired John he Bolton? He took their advice. And you know what? You sound like a real smart jackass. That's exactly what you sound like. You're not pro-American. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Listen to you. I served. How many years you served? None. And and you're so you're so worldly. Congratulations. You want to use your military service against me in defense of a guy who doesn't have military service? I was not of age during a war. But that's fine. I still support. Well, what about uh, now? What about now? What about now? I'm in my 40s. It's too late. <sighs> Jen, no, I love you, darling. I, you can, you, you can get in there out. at 50 years old. You can we're, get in at 50. We're well, running I'm out not of going to. 
The hour's over, right, so we well, have to go. Thank you, Jan. I love you, darling. Here more. All right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, Jan, Derek, you um, got... we're going to continue on, Derek. Uh, we still ha- I'll just keep listening because some people want to direct their comments towards you. Um, uh, and... i got to write a column. It'll be on in the background. Thank you, Derek. Think for You're yourselves, great. people. You're a great guy, Derek. Thank you. Thanks, James. Uh, that's Derek Hunter. His, he's a columnist, he's a writer, he's my good friend. How much are we paying him for that segment? We're not. Oh. Why did you... Re- <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with hour number two on our Saturday morning oh, radio extravaganza. Boy, people woke up that hour, I'm telling you. And we've got a lot to go. We're going to, you know, delve into this Pelosi thing a little bit, too. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, if you're on hold, stay on hold. We're going to grab more phone calls. We'll be right back. WABC Talk Radio 77. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome to our number duo. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC. Later on this morning, Princess Di will join us. Looking very much forward to that. And I also want to remind you of something, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, join us here at 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda as we honor law enforcement officers across the nation on Thursday, November 3rd, with special guest and commentary. 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda, back to blue Thursday, November 3rd. Now, I started to, we have so many calls, we're going to get to calls really soon. I just want to go through a few um, news stories and just a little bit of sound. In fact, let us start with the sound with Cut 7, Vice President Harris. It's always a treat to hear from our Vice President. She's talking about as all D.C. is talking about the attack on Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband in their San Francisco house, let us listen to what the vice president has to say. Cut seven. Okay. Well, we're having a little list communication here. One list I have, one list he has. So um, we'll figure that out. In the meantime... Let us go back to a story that I had started before we began to engage with Derek Hunter. Biden's agenda hangs in the balance if Republicans take Congress. On a wide array, this is in the New York Times today, on a wide array of issues like abortion taxes, race, judges, President Biden's opportunities would shrink as Republicans vowed to dismantle much of his legislative accomplishments. And again, for President Biden, the dreaming of FDR phase of his presidency may end in a little more than a week. Yes, my friends, the midterms are not going to happen. They are happening now. People are voting right now. Mr. Biden's domestic agenda says the times will suddenly transform from a quest for New Deal 2.0 to trench warfare, depending on the accomplishments, and he'll be defending the accomplishments of his first two years in office. And he should have to defend them. The things that the New York Times finds itself concerned with, the taxes, 
He imposed new taxes on corporations. And how'd that turn out? Where's the where is the economy now that Biden and the Democrats have taxed us again? He put a minimum wage on large multinationals like Amazon. How'd that work for America? How all those new taxes? Do you ever hear the words inflation? Everything skyrocketing price, economy immediately plunged, took a dive. Could it be all the money that Democrats spent, along with their higher taxes, have impacted us badly? So you'll never get that kind of analysis. Health care, New York Times is worried about. After decades of elections with health care near the top of voter priorities, the big federal health programs are less central this election. Republicans no longer focused on repealing Obamacare. If Democrats retain control, what are, I have one question about health care and Democrats. How'd that work out for you? Remember Obamacare and all the promises about how we were going to have a lower cost curve? How'd that work out? Health care is higher than ever. It is not better. It is more complicated to get your health care delivered. Now, we, you want to talk about COVID? There's an article in the Washington Post today from a column from uh, Kathleen Parker that we should all put our mask back on because COVID is still out there and woo, 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 we all better be afraid of it. And, yeah, we should go get vaccinated and boosted. Right. Judges. New York Times is worried that if Republicans get hold, Biden won't get any more of these liberal judges. You know, the kind that let the criminals roam the streets. On abortion, what will happen? Well, the Democrats want to codify Roe v. Wade, even though it's been overturned. Yeah, that's what we need, more abortions in America. On race, Biden, according to the New York Times, Joe Biden worked to put racial equality at the center of his, no, he did not. He's worked to divide Americans by race, and that's what Democrats do. And what he's worked to put at the top of his agenda are the LGBTQ agenda. And you see that being played out all over the country. Every reason in the world that the Democrats want Joe Biden to succeed are the reasons that most of us want Republicans to win to stop what they have done, and what they are doing to this country. All right, let us now hear from Vice President Harris. And I did talk has. with Speaker Pelosi this morning, and, um, I mean, this was an act of extreme violence, and I think we're looking at a, at a time in our country where there is so much discourse that is fueled by hate and division. And anyone who professes to be a leader, I think, has to really understand the, the, the meaning and the, and the impact of their words and their posture on things like this. Really? Does that include your president, your boss, who went out and said half the country are a bunch of extremists? And he laid the hate on thick for the MAGA people. He does. He calls MAGA people extremists, their extreme MAGA agenda. 
calls people white supremacists. Does that include you and your boss who called the people of Georgia Jim Crow racist and said that you're suppressing the vote, even though we have the proof in the pudding in Georgia is that more people are voting than ever? And not one word of apology from Joe Biden, and let alone Major League Baseball and Woka Wola and the other companies who went on that woke attack following your racist attack on the people of Georgia. So, Miss Miss Harris, don't lecture us. Go look in the mirror and lecture yourself. Let us hear. Cut four. Bob Woodward. Obviously, uh, awful, awful act, and uh, you can't prejudge who this person is who did it, what the motive is, but I think it's reasonable and necessary to step back and ask the question, what sort of climate of violence has been created in this country? And the answer, and you could play tapes of Donald Trump as candidate and president urging people on uh, in a violent way. Obviously, um, we can't uh, we can't prejudge and we, we can't say, but we can blame it on Trump because that's what we always do. No matter what it is, we are going to try to find a way uh, here uh, uh, to blame Trump for everything. And, you know, never mind all those Democrats that engage in violence like the ones that uh, uh, beat up Marco Rubio's people, the ones that sick dogs on Marco Rubio's canvases, because we never talk about that. Or never mind those people that showed up in front of Judge Kavanaugh's house. Never mind those people that commit violence against against pro-life people, because we can't prejudge that. But what we can do, people like me, Bob Woodward, we can blame Trump for everything. Has been. Let us go to 16, Debbie Dingle, and listen to Miss Dingle. It is very dangerous, this fear, this hatred, that anger that we're seeing across the country, vitriolicness, the acceptance of uh, of language that shouldn't be there, the bullying. And I think we all have to take a deep breath because it is endangering our democracy. We all have to take a deep breath. (sighs) Okay, what next? This whole endangering our democracy. I'm done with that line. This whole democracy is threatened is not, democracy in America is not threatened. What's threatened right now are Democrats hold on political power. That's what's threatened because of what they did. They don't, you notice when it's you, ladies and gentlemen, when it's you, when it's you that, that finds yourself under attack. I've got stories up the wazoo about more attacks on New York City people, including stabbings on the subway. Notice democracy's not in danger when the Democrats let out criminals to attack you. Notice when your daughters get raped, democracy's not in danger 
Notice when illegal aliens bring in fentanyl by the score into this country, and that fentanyl kills your sons and your daughters. Notice that Democrats don't say that democracy is threatened. Notice when repeat criminals get out on parole or or just let out on this no-cash bail that Democrats across the country have encouraged and have put into law. Notice that when these criminals rampage on society and take your lives, the lives of your family members, or commit serious assaults on you, notice that democracy is not in danger then. When is democracy in danger? Democracy is in danger when they feel threatened. When our political Democrats feel threatened, then all of a sudden the news media allies of these people, and they, oh, democracy's in danger. We're endangering the country. You're not important. They are. Your lives don't mean squat. Their lives mean everything. We're all supposed to bow down, get on our knees, and lick the ground. These people. But your life, oh. You're peasants. Your lives don't mean anything. Your children don't mean anything. Only their lives matter. All of a sudden, democracy, be, and believe me, I am not condoning this attack on Paul Pelosi, this crazed individual. If he is not mentally ill, he needs to be sentenced in criminal court convicted and thrown in jail for as long as we can keep him in jail. I will never condone. Notice when Maxine Waters goes out and tells her followers to confront Trump people. Democracy's in danger. Notice when a group of Democrats tell Sarah Huckabee and her party that they have to get out of a restaurant because they don't want them in there. You better get out. Democracy's not in danger. Notice when a man murders a Republican child, 17 years old, and the Democrats say nothing about it, as which happened in this country less than two months ago, and is barely reported on the news, for political reasons, Democracy is not in danger. But you let some crazed individual go after a Democrat. And all of a sudden, we got to listen to Barack Obama. We got to listen to Vice President Harris. We have to listen to Joe Biden and every one of their media flunky flacks tell us that the country is in danger. If they cared one iota about your life and the life of your family as they do about themselves, they would demand stiff action for the criminals that their party lets out of jail on an hourly basis. But they won't. Because your life is meaningless to them. You're a number. You're a statistic. You don't count. But their privileged lives mean everything. We're going to come back, take more of your calls. James Golden, a.k.a. Sternley, with you here at WABC. Don't go away. Entertaining and informative.
informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Dream. Fleetwood Mac. On WABC. go back to the telephones. We've got so many calls. I want to get some not leave people waiting. Let's start with Oceanside and Robert. Robert, how are you? Thank you for waiting. Oh, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Robert. Good to hear from you. Good, good. Listen, we, we talked about Derek, you know, on the line and stuff. You know, my grandfather always said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, if you look at the policies and you look at President Trump's record, that's what we want in the country. We want strong borders, right, closed borders. We want uh, energy independence. Um, we want. We don't want any crime in this country. If you look at you're right, absolutely right, Bo. You know, the, the man upstairs is looking down on us, and he's sitting right next to El Rushbo, and um, he's saying, you know what, crime is not a good thing. You know, this is a, an issue that every American, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, you want to feel safe walking the streets and not looking over your shoulder. I mean, I work in New York City, and I see all the the mentally ill people that should be out on the streets, uh, walking the streets. And um, you know, Derek is this guy probably has TDS. You know, there's a lot of people that have TDS. They just don't like the person. I love the policies. Well, now Derek is not here to defend himself. So let let me just say something that Derek did say, though. In all fairness, he did say that Trump was the greatest president that he had seen to date in our lifetime. He did say that. So, you know, I was teasing him, saying he's a Trump hater. Uh, 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 Derek's not a Trump hater. What he's, uh, but I'll, I'll let him, he spoke for himself, and I'll just leave it at that. But I love the way that you, you were saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And what Trump did, see, I, I, look, Donald Trump took on a job that most of us would never dream of taking on, and he didn't have to do that. Donald Trump could have just been content to, to to stay on the sidelines. His family would not be under attack right now in courts thanks to these persecutions from people like Letitia James and this this and, and from Merrick Garland and from this 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 prosecutor down in Georgia. He wouldn't be. He has faced more ad adverse harm to he and his family for trying to ensure that America could live up to its potential. He talked about things that Republicans and Democrats in the establishment will not say that we should put America's interest before that of foreign con- of countries. To them, that's like heresy. And you saw the way that they and their liberal friends in the press went off on statements like that. 
You saw how they went off when Donald Trump demanded that NATO pay their dues. You saw how they went off when Donald Trump basically took on China, something that none of them in the Washington establishment class do. And we've learned since then that many of them are on the Chinese payroll one way or another. They're all getting money. Not all, that's an overstatement. Many of them are making money on the foreign relations deals that they make with these with these nations like China, like the Ukraine. Donald Trump didn't do any of that. They accused him of being in collusion with Russia. He never was. They tried to run a coup on America. They, Donald Trump has earned it. He's earned for what he went through for this nation. He has earned it. And that was my point. George and Rockland, you're on WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, George? I'm okay. Uh, I called you yesterday. Now, I'd like to tell you something, Mr. Golden. I respect you a lot. I don't always agree with you, but I do respect a lot of your points here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I called yesterday, and I would appreciate if you just let me finish my sentence at least, Okay. Okay. Uh, I called, and I'm calling about the same issue now, about the Pelosi issue. Right. Now, maybe the beginning was not exact, exactly the great uh, choice of word here, but let me expand, please. I feel, you know, okay, now, the Pelosi's are God in San Francisco, and they are God in so many circles here in this country here, okay? What she said is is like God was talking about what she does, and the same thing with the husband. Just, just remember what happened in in the Napa Valley with his accident, and how much was covered, and all the results. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Saying all this here, okay, I was listening uh, to some of the brief of the police chief of San Francisco. He seemed to be very un comfortable describing the whole thing there, at least the way I heard it, okay? Uh, the whole thing is very, very strange, okay? It, excuse me by saying here, but I do feel, that's my opinion, that there is a lot of staged things going on here, okay? Uh, it sounds horrible, okay, but if you start listening very carefully, Mr. Golden, okay, it's very strange to me that uh, everything really started with the hammer when the police was there. So what happened before that, okay? We don't know, okay? You know, suddenly suddenly the police comes and they see the two men holding the hammer there, okay? So they were waiting till the police came to show something, I don't know. There's a lot of questions here, okay? You know, okay, it's okay to have questions, George, but you said it was a fake, and that's why I cut you off. Because it's, look, the guy underwent surgery. His head was bashed in. Okay, now you may argue what happened before, what happened afterwards, what happened before the cops got there. I see people all over Twitter talking about two men in underwear with hammers implying let me just let's just call it what it is, implying that there was some weird sexual thing involved in this too. We don't know any of that stuff. If that is the case, that'll come out. But to say that something never happened that did happen, my comment to you yesterday was this is not the Alex Jones show. And I want to be very careful about this stuff. You know, we live in we live right next to Connecticut where Sandy Hook happened. 
Yeah, people that say Sandy Hook didn't happen. I mean, at some point, we have to say no to the kookiness. At some point, we have to say no to these weird conspiracy theories that people come up with within minutes of events happening, and they come up with all these cockamamie uh, 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 explanations and you say, I have to listen more. I do listen more, and I read more, which is why I'm not going to go out on a limb and say exactly what happened, because you are right about one thing. There's a lot that's unclear. Within minutes of the attack, you had people saying that this guy was a MAGA guy. I saw a picture on Twitter of him in a MAGA hat. There are a lot of people who can use Photoshop and make anything that they want to make with pictures and images. Just like yesterday, and I fell for one of them yesterday, there was uh, there were two guys pretending to be uh, fired workers from Twitter, and one of them had a picture of Michelle Obama. I commented on that because I saw the picture, and I heard the comments, and it turned out to be a fraud. And I deeply apologize for that, by the way. I got snookered. Okay? But... The kooks are out here, and I don't mean, look, I say kooks, and I use that term without defining what I mean. There is a level of conspiracy theory that are different than malicious ones. I'm talking about the malicious people that will say things like, Sandy Hook didn't happen. And that's when you called them and you said this was fake. I did cut it off immediately. Because it's not fake when a man ends up in a hospital with his head bashed in. So I gave you another say today, and you, you expressed yourself differently, and I appreciate that, George. We're glad to hear from you. As I said yesterday, look, I love my callers. I love you guys. If you if you disagree with me, I love you. I don't care. We, you know, we you disagree all you want to. We can have discussions about that and still love each other. That's what life is about. You don't agree with anybody 100% of the time. But then there are standards. And I am not going to be presiding over a program where we have people calling in and claiming that things that actually happened did not happen with no evidence at all to support it. That is highly irresponsible, and I'm not going to go down that road. This man was beaten in, was beaten to the point that they had to take him into surgery for his fractured skull. Now, what happened after the police got there? What happened before? I'm still unclear after all the reading I've done, and there are the, the Daily Mail today has a story that runs 40 pages if you print it out. And you can read through the whole thing, and at the end, you can still have questions. So I understand that there are a lot of things that are still unclear. But what is clear is that something happened to this man that was horrific, horrible, that should not have happened. And I'm not going to listen to people say, oh, it didn't happen. Because that's just ludicrous. Thank you for the call, George. We love hearing from you. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, back right after this. Oh, no, politics. 
and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. The New York Proud, the group Chic, Nile Rogers. These are the good times. We need to save this one to play again after Election Day or Election Month is over. The Washington Post, the Amazon Prime Washington Post, editorial board has weighed in on the Pelosi matter. How to respond to the horrifying Pelosi attack? There's so much we still don't know about the Friday attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's house. But the facts that have emerged so far are horrifying and raise the question Americans have had to ask too often in recent years. Can the most powerful country in the world protect its leaders and their families? In the early hours of Friday morning, an assailant broke into Miss Pelosi's San Francisco home and attacked her husband, Paul Pelosi, with a hammer. Mr. Pelosi was admitted into the hospital with significant injuries, but expected to make a full recovery. The Wall Street Journal reported that the suspected assailant, who was in custody, had espoused extreme right-wing views on social media, including conspiracy theories about COVID-19. According to initial reports, he yelled out, where's Nancy during the attack? An eerie echo of the January 6, 2021 assault on the Capitol when Wire screamed, where are you, Nancy? We are looking for you. While the attacker's motives and mental state remain to be determined, the imperative to safeguard members of Congress other senior officials, and their families from such wanton violence could hardly be clearer. Okay. Okay. Uh, The question that I have is different than the Washington Post, you see. The facts that have emerged so far are horrifying, and they raise a question. Americans have had to ask too often in recent years. Again, the post says, can the most powerful country in the world protect its leaders and their families? Here's my question. Can the most powerful country in the world protect its citizens? This is exactly what I was talking about. You see, all of a sudden, we get an editorial from these people at the Amazon Washington Post because Democrats are assaulted, a Democrat leader. Now, to be fair, the Post says the danger is neither new nor is it confined to a single party. They point out Gabrielle Giffords. They turn out the attack. They point out the attack on Steve Scalise. But here's what they don't point out. Every single day. 
in Blue City, America. American citizens are being beaten. They are being murdered in record numbers this year. They're being raped. We had a horrific example just this past week. Within hours of the Democrat district attorney claiming that it's racist to talk about blue cities and crime, a young girl was raped on Broad and Race Street in Philadelphia, two blocks away from City Hall in broad daylight, raped on her way to school. Her life will never be the same. You talk to any woman that has suffered through the horror of being raped and they are, th- th- what they go through is is so painful, not just the physical violation of their bodies, but the violation to their spirit and to their soul from these criminals. And yet, it's just disregarded, just another number, just another woman raped. You talk to the parents, the family of people that are murdered, their entire lives are torn apart. They will carry the grief with them for the rest of their lives. In some cases, they, it causes people to question their faith. It causes, it causes people to question their own existence. How could something so evil happen to people that don't deserve it? Now, you can, make all sorts of spiritual, if you want, cases for people living within the will of God and all that, but still there is evil, and there's this thing, evil, and when evil hits you, evil hits hard. You have people that spend their lives working to make their lives better and more prosperous for them, for them and their families, and in moments you have now these gangs, these gangs, of criminals who come in and take everything that you've worked for. And Democrats ignore it. Let them out of jail. Oh, oh, stop picking on them. I mean, just, just don't, don't, don't ask for bail. They're, it's racist to ask that they be held without bail. It's racist. Look at Fetterman and what he said. Would you want your grandma, your grandpa to stay in jail? Look at Morgan Freeman Freeman in Shawshank. This is what the guy running to be the governor, I'm sorry, the senator from Pennsylvania said. Would you want Morgan Freeman to have to stay in jail the rest of his life? Well, Scott, uh, Scott here just pointed out, well, wait a minute. If you go back in that movie, he was responsible fictionally for the death of three people, including an infant. But old Fetterman, would you want, look at him. He's a nice guy. He's grandma. He's like your grandma. He's like your grandpa. He's like Nana and Papa. Would you want him to have to stay in jail? Never mind the victims. And so we get this from the editorial board of the Washington Post. Can the most powerful 
country in the world protect its leaders and their families? Can the most powerful nation in the world deal with the criminal element that is destroying the lives of its citizens? Why are these people that we call our leaders more valuable? Why are their lives more valuable than the lives of hundreds and thousands and millions of American citizens? They are not more valuable than your life. They are not more valuable than the life of your loved ones. How dare these people? The only time you get one of these editorials from the Post is when the elite Democrats are, when something bad happens to them. Something bad happens to Americans every single day. Something bad happens to New York City residents every day on New York City subways, and these damn Democrats don't want to stop it. Something bad happens to little girls and boys going to school every day, and these Democrats refuse to put the criminals that do the bad things in jail or keep them in jail. But you let something happen to one of their elite, and all of a sudden we get lectured on how powerful America is and we can't stop it. What happens when we try to stop it? What happens when Trump says, let's close this border down and stop letting illegal immigrants flood the country? Well, you're a racist. You're a bigot. You're a xenophobe. What happens when an illegal immigrant kills an American citizen? You can't point out that they're illegal because that makes you a xenophobe, a racist. What happens when a black person kills somebody? You're not supposed to point out that they're the race because that makes you a racist, even though the numbers of black young men killing other black men is through the roof in this country. But you can't point that out because you're a racist, you're a bigot. You can't say there's something wrong with a culture that allows this to happen, that teaches its children to criminal behavior and allows these children to kill other people. You can't point out that there is something intrinsically wrong with that culture. Otherwise, Democrats will try to stamp you out, cancel you because you're a racist. What happens every day in America when children are mutilated, mutilated, their breasts are cut off, their penises are cut off to satisfy some kind of sexual fantasy that they are not the gender that they are born with, and it is irreversible. To underage children, if you point that out, then you are a homophobe because you don't support what they call gender-affirming care. There is nothing affirming about mutilation. But yet, when something happens to one of them in the elite class, stop the presses, here comes the editorial board of the Washington Post, can the most powerful country in the world protect its leaders and their families? Can America protect Americans from the criminal element? And more to the point, can the most powerful nation in the world protect American citizens from the Democrat Party? Oh, no, politics. 
and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. David Bowie from the Let's Dance album. I want to just, we'll get back to the phones in one moment. I just want to go back to one line in this editorial from the Washington Post editorial board. Uh, they talk about the Wall Street Journal report that the suspected assailant, who is in custody, had espoused extreme right-wing views on social media, including conspiracy theories about COVID-19. Stop right there. The biggest the single biggest conspiracy theory about COVID-19 turns out to be that vaccines would stop the spread of it. Did he say that? Yeah, he did. What do all these Democrats and their lackey flunkies tell us? Oh, yeah, just go get the vaccine. It'll be cool. And what we learned after Joe Biden took every vaccine that was offered, what we learned after so many people took the vaccine, including me, they got COVID anyway. So then what's all this business about the vaccine? Why did you mandate and make people lose their jobs over taking something that was supposedly going to stop the transmission and spread of COVID-19, and it never did? It is not a conspiracy theory to demand that your lies about COVID-19 be exposed. You people in the Washington Post, you people in the drive-by media, you all lied to America. You lied to the world. You presented something as fact that wasn't fact. The vaccines did not work, never worked as intended. They did not stop the transmission of COVID-19. You further lied and made conspiracy theories when you went after people because of political reasons that said certain medications did not work. How do I know that? Because I had COVID-19 and almost died from it until my frontline doctor prescribed hydroxychloroquine. And within hours of the hydroxychloroquine entering my system, I began to feel much better. But you people told me it didn't work. You people lied. Just like people that are losing their loved ones after taking the vaccine, we don't have answers. Is the vaccine responsible? Is it not? And you people at the Washington Post are too cowardly and too suck-ass to even, to the big pharmaceutical companies, to even do an investigation or tell people the truth that this, there is something occurring out here that needs to be examined. So don't sit here and try to make it out that everybody that talks about COVID-19 is somehow off their rocker. You people in the mainstream press are the biggest liars. You are liars when it comes to COVID-19. And people are having to try to dig out this information on their own because our press in this country, the mainstream press, is not only irresponsible, but they are politically motivated not to tell us the truth. Let us go back to the telephone, shall we? 
Pamela in central New Jersey. How are you, Pamela? Oh, hi. Um, good morning. Um, we need a sure thing in the presidency. We don't have time to experiment with a new kid on the block. So we need is, Trump. We need Trump. Oh, I was going to ask you who's that sure thing. And thank you, Pamela. Thank you for waiting. You said it very succinctly, expressed your views quite well in just two or three sentences. We appreciate it. Thank you, Pamela. Neil in Brooklyn, New York. Good morning, Mr. Snurdly. I wish I could be as succinct as Pamela, but I don't think I'm going to get there. Um, Yeah, Trump is a sure thing. And uh, we also know for sure that his hiring decisions, uh, many of them, were just ridiculous when he told us he was going to hire the best people. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a, I, I definitely, you know, on November, November 8th, whatever it is, 2024, if Trump is the nominee, I will vote 10 times for Trump. But, you know, Scaramucci, Amarosa, oh. John oh. Kelly, Rex oh. Tillerson, oh. Uh, Millie, the, Millie the White Rager, uh, oh. Chris, Chris, Chris Ray, uh, you know, Alex Azar, the, the Jeffrey Epstein rug sweeper. He, Trump endorsed them all in some form or fashion. They, they, they're either incompetent, corrupt, deep state swamp creatures. He even gave the biggest backstabbing fakes of all in our midst a boost when they should have been scrapped once and for all. And you know who we're talking about, uh, Pierre Delecto and, and the cocaine turtle, Sino Mitch. Okay, so why did he make all these bad decisions is what I'm getting to. Trump has a fatal conceit, and it's his ego. And we all know it. We accept it. We we sort of even uh, I don't know if love is the right word, but you know there's something there's something about his sensitivity that that people gravitate to. I'm not really sure why, but that's all part of the package. He had great policies, but we also have to take into account his ego, because anyone and everyone who came along to to nibble his neck and whisper hot nothings in his ear. He would give a job to. He would have given a freaking job to, excuse my language, to Hunter Biden if if Hunter Biden had sweet-talked him early in, in, in the process. You know, so he has a lot to learn and a few things to atone for, I think, before he gets the nod again, not just because he earned it uh, ahead of time. That's all I have to say. But so I, you, I totally so you, you're, pretty much, uh, you're pretty much agreeing with Derek Hunter here. No, I agree with you, too. I, you know, I think that no matter who comes along, they're going to get the Trump treatment. If, if for some reason DeSantis or, well, I don't know, uh, uh, Christy Noem or somebody else is the nominee, they will all get the, the colonoscopy. Well, let me just Trump address got. a few things. Trump has already acknowledged that his hiring wasn't the best in the first term. And they're already working right now to make sure that people that come in, if should there be a second term, that that mistake is not repeated. And they also are going to go through the quote-unquote bureaucracy very differently if there is a second term. At least that's what we're being told now. So, I, Neil, look, I appreciate the way that you presented your case. and Thank you so much. Appreciate the call. Let us go to Huntington and talk with Suzanne. Suzanne, you're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Good morning, and thank God for your passion. Thank God. I do happen to agree with you 98% of the time. Maybe that makes me moronic. But I wanted to say that 
that <laughs> that uh, people like a DeSantis, people like a Kerry Lake, are born of humility and honor, and they are loyal, and they would never go up against our exceptional alpha man, Trump, that uh, in a primary. They wouldn't. They would bow with humility. So get that, that out of your head, Derek. I have too much faith in our constitutional bench. And, this, and all the callers were so fabulous, but the only thing extra I wanted to say about the uh, times that we're in now are dire. This isn't like normal. This is a pre-nuclear United States of America. We need a track record. We need Mighty Mouse to come again and save the day. We need him to rebuild that sandcastle that he built so beautifully during a storm. And President Dementia came along with his wrecking ball and in two seconds flattened it. We need this exceptional, exceptional president again in this country to stamp out the people that had the hatchet in his back, who I personally want to give to the world my, my name for them. They're Swamplicans. They're everything evil in a world of war between good and evil. They might as well be Democrats. Thank wow. you. Thank you, Suzanne. I appreciate you so much. Bruce in Westchester County, New York. Thank you for waiting. You're up next. Thank you for taking my call. Bo, you are great. I miss Rush. Presidents come and go. Rush was always there. Amen. God, I miss him. America is so sad for not having him there. But that's not why I called. Why I called is your friend's argument was flawed. Loeffler ran in 2020. And she was caught selling her stock one week before coronavirus hit. And that's why she wasn't voted in. Nancy Pelosi constantly does insider trading. And here we had a Republican acting like a Democrat doing insider trading. That is why she lost. Your friend's argument was flawed. I run a tree company. And I have to say that when I go for a tree climber, I don't just hire somebody. I go headhunting. I hire the best. And, yes, a governor is a junior executive compared to America. What kind of question was that? Of course it's a junior executive. Trump is the executive. And, yes, we need him back. Bruce, you are awesome. Thank you so very much. Let us go to Minnesota. Bob, you're up next. Thank you for waiting. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hey, James, this is Dom from Minnesota. Dom, how are you? Yeah, I'm great, sir. Thanks. First of all, I want to say you are golden, sir, for what you you believe in and for being out there fighting for us. I wanted to get it off my chest. After Rush, you probably are now completely filled the void with his ghost. So I think you're it. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm saying that. So Donald Trump, for all his false ego and idiosyncrasies, is a fighter who doesn't give up in spite of debilitating personal humiliation directed at him and his family. Granted, he spent his life building an empire, defending it. However, 
As president, he brought that same fervor to help the country and its people. Trump laid the foundation on how to fight for everyone else to emulate, including Ron DeSantis, Carrie Lake, Vincent Sears, and all the other live and let live Republicans, that it was okay to fight for what you believe in and never back off. So, Thank you so much, Dom. Our time is up for this hour. Our number duo in the can. Our number trio coming up. In our number trio, we will have the princess. Her Majesty, Princess Di, will join us in hour number three. And, of course, your phone calls. We're going to take them. Stay right where you are if you're on the phones. And hour number three begins shortly. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your radio extravaganza. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Talk Radio 77 in New York. I'm James Gulpin, Bo Snurdly. If you'd like to be part of the program for our hour that we have left today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Princess Di will join us uh, shortly, and we have uh, plenty of your calls to come up. Again, one of the things that I'd like to, to just spend a few minutes on, and we will, is the debate that took place between Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul this week. There was one unforgettable moment in that debate and we should remember it going as people are voting. Again, the midterm elections are not going to happen. They are happening. They're happening now. Now, by the way, podcast. We do podcast here. I do a podcast with James Eisenberg with Inner Block Capital called The Future Is Now. And if you are interested in the new emerging economy, the blockchain economy, crypto, cryptocurrencies, you'll want to check that out. We will walk you through what it is. I'm a novice at this stuff. I am learning. James Eisenberg is one of the most talented individuals ever to walk the earth with knowledge of what cryptocurrency is about and what this new economy that emerge is emerging blockchain is about. So that's one thing, the podcast. You can also go to the podcast from WABC to get all the podcasts from every host here on WABC. A quick reminder, I do a daily news blast. If you like that, you can go to jamesgolden.com or bosnerdly.com, either one, and sign up for the Daily BS the Daily BS, we publish it in the morning and the afternoon. It will give you, it's powered by American News, AmericanWireNews.com. AmericanWireNews.com powers it. And we give you an insight into news stories that you're not going to get anywhere else in the same manner. Of course, some of the same news is discussed, but it's discussed very differently. And so you can subscribe to the Daily BS at JamesGolden.com. Twitter, I am on Twitter. And if any of you want to communicate on Twitter, at Bo Snerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. Okay, and so 
Twitter's going to be an interesting place now that Elon Musk is getting rid of some of the liberals at the top, the ones that censored Americans, especially this lawyer who apparently was the driving force getting Trump off. GM has canceled, by the way, its advertising on Twitter. That may be, of course, because Elon and Tesla are competitors. Not really sure why. Now, I mentioned we were going to talk about Hoko for a moment. I have two cuts from that debate. So let's play them, uh, Diego, back to back. Just play them back to back, and then I'll comment on them. Go ahead. Would you mandate a COVID vaccine for, for children or no? Not at this time. I'm going to talk about parental control over this, but I'd also say it's something that comes down to the legislature anyhow. Yeah, you've been an election denier, a climate change denier. You and Donald Trump were the masterful COVID deniers. We are dealing with a real crisis. And the more people get vaccinated, get those shots in arms, and I would do it all over again what I did last year, that mandate. Next one. I Fire believe that that one. mandate was wrong and that everyone who has been fired should be offered their jobs back with back pain. There shouldn't be any special celebrity COVID vaccine mandates like what we saw for people who play for the Mets or the Yankees or the Nets. If you want to have a special celebrity exemption, how about the NYPD officers, FDNY, teachers, healthcare workers? I do not support COVID vaccine mandates in any way, shape, or form. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kathy Hochul also said she doesn't know why locking up criminals is so important to Lee Zeldin. And that, to me, blows my mind. It still blows my mind. But let's talk for a moment about these mandates. You know, she accuses him of being a climate denier and a COVID denier. And go get your vaccines. Kathy Hochul is in denial. There are problems that have arisen with some people who say that the vaccines have created serious side effects. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I was vaccinated. But what they told us about the vaccines at the time and what we're learning now are two different things. And there are a rise of deaths among young people, many of whom have had the vaccines. And no one has explained scientifically if there is or not a causal relationship. Now, again, city workers, workers who gave their best effort before there was ever a vaccine, to help treat and work with people that had COVID. They were treated as heroes back then. And then come the vaccines, and, and because they some of them refused to take them, all of a sudden they got treated like trash by Mayor Adams and by Kathy Hochul. It's in the court system right now. The state Supreme Court has ruled that the city workers who lost their job, at least the firefighters, Police, they have to have those jobs reinstated, but that's going to be fought and appealed. 
The appeals court is the highest court in New York, as Prince Di reminds us, and Princess Di. And it will be appealed all the way up through. So we don't have a definitive word yet on what's going to happen with those people. But they should have never been fired in the first place. And Mayor Adams is a disgrace for allowing those brave city workers to be fired for supporting it, while at the same time he did give exceptions to his own mandate to sports teams. It's just coincidental, maybe, that there were also campaign donations that could be questioned in the back of all. Disgraceful. And these Democrats do this stuff right in the open. Like we're too stupid to know and too stupid to make the connections. We have been lied to about COVID up one side and down the other. I continue to say it is the biggest scandal that the world has ever seen. And you have companies now that rose from almost nothing to make billions and billions of dollars behind this. And yet we're all supposed to just follow like little lemmings, little sheeps over the cliff if they tell you you have to get this to your body, regardless of what the ramifications are. I hope voters are paying attention to all of this. Because the way that Kathy Hochul, the way that Governor Cuomo handled COVID was a disgrace. The way they shut down the state, shut down businesses was a disgrace. And you can make them answer for it right now. You can make Kathy Hochul answer for this unmitigated crime wave that New York is undergoing. She gives lip service to it, but she doesn't do anything to stop what Democrats have done with these so-called bail reforms. They're not reforms. At least not in the good sense of the word reform. Democrats have unleashed the criminal element on the people of New York City. They deserve to answer for it. Kathy Hochul sat up during that debate and said she doesn't have the power to get rid of Alvin Bragg. She does. And don't forget this little pay-to-play operation where you had this New Jersey company donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to Kathy Hochul's campaign, and then all of a sudden they get the contract. No bids. They get a con. No other bids. They get a contract to produce COVID tests, and then they sell the COVID tests higher than any other firm and they make a windfall, and yet no investigations. And old Kathy's, oh, I didn't know anything about it. Duh, duh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you believe that? Make them pay the political price for what they have done to you, for what they have done to your city, and for what they are doing to your state and your country. They treat you like you're stupid and that you can't connect the dots. This has to be the line in the sand. 
if you elect these people one more time after they've done everything that they've done to you, to your city, to your state, they have shown you what they think of you. They've shown you what they think of your families. They will unleash the most evil forces in humanity out to harm you. And they don't care. Now, if somebody harms their their protected little elite class, why we get the newspaper editorial boards? How can we protect these politicians? How about protecting you? How about protecting your jobs? How about protecting your livelihood? How about protecting your income? How about protecting your way of life? That's unimportant to these people. The only thing that deserves protection is them. And if they feel a threat, then all of a sudden we have to be worried, according to them, that, oh, democracy's dying. Oh, democracy's in trouble. Democracy's not in trouble. Democracy's not dying. Their power is in danger of dying. And that is the only thing, the only thing, the singular threat to their existence is that you might actually hold them to account for their actions, what they have done to you, what they have done to your beloved city, what they have done to this state, and what they are doing to our America. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. Princess Di will be with us. Don't go away. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our very own majesty, our royalty, our beautiful, delightful princess. Princess Di is in the house. <laughs> well, Your Majesty, did you know? Did you know? Did you know, Your Majesty, that if the Republicans win, according to the New York Times, if that dastardly thing happens, Joe Biden's agenda is going to hang in the balance. Everything that he wanted, the New Deal 2.0 is in jeopardy. Democracy might die. Everything up in smoke. Oh, it's so sad. I feel for them. The panic is palpable. It is a, I as I said yesterday, you just feel the schadenfreude. And, you know, this end of democracy, they never worry about the end of democracy if a Republican president faces a party, uh, the opposite party having the House of Representatives. It never seems to be the end of democracy when the Republican has checks and balances on his power, only when, as you say, Democrat power is threatened. You had a story you, that you pointed out to me this week 
about Florida and ballot harvesting. Can you uh, 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 tell us about that, please, Princess Di? I am so delighted to tell you about this story. Let me tell you, this is something that should be national headlines. It should have gotten much wider attention. This is uh, called Democrat Blows Whistle on Alleged Ballot Harvesting Scheme. Florida opens criminal probe. It's in just the news from the other day by John Solomon, who is an excellent reporter. And it details the, as the quote is, intricate system funded by Democrat-connected organizations of ballot harvesting and how it works. And there is a whistleblower now who has observed this for many years, has participated in it as a poll uh, watcher, and now is blowing the whistle on it and explaining it with receipts, with videos, with documentation. And there is a new election crimes unit, thanks to our great governor in Florida, Ron DeSantis. He set up a a election crimes unit randomly, I mean, not randomly, recently. And this is the first test case. And this woman came forward with evidence. And now that has been turned over to be investigated by the legal authorities. And it is an enormous window into something that has been happening, continues to happening in primarily African-American communities for generations not only just at voting time, but throughout the year. And this has been one of my theories that the industry of the Democrat Party is actually ballot trafficking. We get glimpses of it every once in a while. We randomly will come across a van that has ballots in these you know, little lights into the channel of the Democrat world at election time. And it's always explained away as, you know, well, that's just a unique problem. It's not a widespread problem. Well, this woman, whose name is Cynthia Harris, is a hero to me because she has come forward and detailed what happens and how this manipulation goes on in the African-American community where ballot harvesters go in, help them fill out the request for an absentee or a mail-in ballot, and then track it when it comes, deem open the envelopes, and change whatever it is that the voter has put in there, if it's wrong or not what they wanted. Or they spoil the ballots deliberately and throw them away. She has documented what actually happens. So that this is disenfranchisement of many, many people. In, and she says this is not just happening in her area, which was Orlando, Florida. She's explaining this happens nationally. And she has shown the light on something which I think has been, as she says, intricate, a complicated, sophisticated ballot harvesting operation that is national, goes beneath the radar, known by many people in the political world, and uh, turned a blind eye to it. Now, this goes to the fears. Look, we, it, it's common knowledge. I hear Rudy Giuliani, his show, by the way, is before Snurley's Rush Hour every day on WABC. You can catch him from 3 to 4 p.m., his, he says routinely, he says, we know that they've been stealing votes in Philadelphia. 
I've heard him say something to that effect, and we've known it for years. We also know there it is it, to me this is even beyond question that the 1960 presidential election was stolen. Now I'm not some kind of weird election denier. This has been known. What happened in Cook County, Illinois? What happened with the intervention of the Daily Machine to make sure that they had enough votes to tilt the election in favor of John Kennedy? and the role that his father played in that. This stuff, historians have been writing about this stuff for ages. But this ballot harvesting, when it was first introduced, you had even Democrats saying at the time, before they all shut up when they realized it would benefit them, that this was dangerous to the electoral, um, to fair elections. Even Democrats complained at the time that ballot harvesting, the way that it was being conducted in California, was unfair. And then it all just went under the radar, all just got swept away. And now if people claim or talk about ballot harvesting, the Democrats want to claim that you're a conspiracy kook. They tell, oh, nothing happened. Oh, nothing happened. When Al Franken's election happened and ballots were found in the trunk of a car, We're supposed to just believe, oh, as you said earlier, oh, this is just a random act that happened by accident. When people tell Republicans to go out of a polling place, oh, we're going to stop and take a break. It's too late at night. And only the Republicans leave and the Democrats are in the room by themselves, as happened in one state in this nation during the last presidential election cycle. And all of a sudden, people start pulling things out from under table and start counting. We're told to ignore that. Don't, 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 don't give any credence to what was captured on the video there. That didn't really happen. Now you just said that you, you almost had to apologize for explaining this by saying, well, I'm not being a conspiracy kook because people who point these details out have been shunned and shamed and basically treated as nuts for when when the the obvious happens and when every single voter on our side quote unquote knows it happens but this is why this story is so important because there's been a real conspiracy of silence among the, in the political world and so this woman bravely and you know that she's being treated with all kinds of hostility, but she has come forward and she has brought the evidence. That is what we've lacked in this entire theory that we all know happens in cities, but we haven't had any quote-unquote proof that would stick. And she now has an outlet for this, a legal outlet for this, where they have opened a criminal probe and it's all thanks to Ron DeSantis for basically putting the spotlight on it and has an investigative unit. And so she has brought the evidence to that, and they are then opening a criminal probe. And I am f- going to follow this, and every one of us should follow this, and every single Republican governor should do the same in their states. This is the kind of thing that needs to be fixed because our elections are sacred and there is very little trust now in the whole system and that has to be reversed absolutely now before we leave let me just ask you to handicap the elections you 
put forth the idea a week and a half, a week ago, that we might be looking at three Senate seats. Well, I have to tell you, since then, I read in a mainstream publication today, and and, and believe me, it was dripping with fright, (laughs) that now it is expected in certain Democrat headquarters, they are now openly saying that Republicans, unless something changes, look like they will pick up at least three Senate seats. So what's your latest handicap on as we as we are in the midterm elections right now? Well, you know, uh, Rick Scott, who has been behind the money for a lot of the senatorial elections, has predicted five. Five. And I left. I left. I was very scornful of his prediction as well. He, He wants to pump up his success rate. But I'm thinking that that is a possibility. I'm going to stick with three, though, because well, here's I'm what I read today. That, also, it could be more. I read today that Ron Johnson is up by three points in almost every poll. In fact, there's a long piece today about his uh, opponent, Mandela Barnes, and how they're almost pleading with people to just ignore the fact that he's a progressive and please give him a shot. Because the polling seems to be against him right now. So and Wisconsin also Walker is up. Yes. Yes. Which you know, a week ago people were scornful of. And you know what I heard by a pollster that I respect, Trafalgar, is that actually Mamet Oz has twenty percent black female support, which is wow. the highest anywhere in the country uh, for a Republican. And so that it could make the huge difference. And I know, as I've mentioned to you, in Georgia, they've been worried about African-American males vote on the Democrat side because they're peeling away and voting Republican. So if and, it, you know, who knows why that particular race it has attracted the support of more black females, but you know, it could well be that he is a familiar face in, in in the culture, and he is on television. So that is one thing that has made a huge difference there, and the that's why you see the panic all across the country among Democrats, which is a sight to behold of great delight. One thing that I am delighted with is a quote that you dug out this week, and I read it the other day, and I'm going to read it right now. I just want you to comment on it. It was by someone named William McGurn. And this quote, ladies and gentlemen, struck me in in a way that very few quotes have. I'm so glad you brought it to my attention, uh, Diana. It says, the real enemy of any communist society is not the dissident. Its real enemies are the beautiful and the good, each of which answers to a higher authority. That is so true and so good. And I thank Bill McGurn, who was a former editor at the Asian Wall Street Journal and wrote for the American Spectator, where I saw that in 1991. And that that quote has stuck with me for decades because the, the idea of answering to a higher authority, the power of the beautiful and the good, when we get so discouraged and we get see all of the evil around us, that it is hard to remember 
who is in charge and who we trust, as I always want to say, in God we trust, and that is the higher authority. I just love that. Its real enemies are the beautiful and the good, each of which answers to a higher authority. Well, speaking of beautiful and good, that describes you to a T, Princess Di. Thank you for being with us. Back at you, Sir James. Diana, Princess Di, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday and Saturday, both Snurley's Rush Hour on Friday and here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back to your calls right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on 77 WABC. All right, Diego, who is this? This is Brian Ferry. What's the name of the song? Slave to Love. It's uh, it's a song I grew up with. Really? Yeah, my dad was a very big uh, '80s guy, so he he showed me all the the uh, the '80s artists. Are you playing anywhere this weekend? Not this weekend, but my next show is November 18th at Connolly's Pub. Same place. Oh, cool. November 18th. And tell people about your album one more time, Diego. My uh, album is called Wine Red. It's been out for a while now. And uh, actually, I might as well tell you guys that I'm working on a new album that's going to be out soon as well. Awesome. Awesome, Blossom. Cool. Uh, Derek Hunter, our dear friend, Trump hater, our dear friend, Trump hater. He's not. I'm just kidding. Derek Hunter uh, has a very timely reminder as we're talking about elections that Dino Rossi in Washington, he said that election was stolen, too. Now, this was a really interesting case because Dino Rossi, that when that election came out in King County, which is Seattle, in King County, Washington, they actually found more votes for the Democrat. Get this. This is really amazing. When they did the totals, there were more votes for the Democrat, who became governor, than there were voters in King County. You have an election, and Democrats produced more. John Fund wrote a book, and this is one of the, if you go to this book, it is an amazing book, and I'll have to get the name of it. In fact, you know what? Um, Lisa, we need to get John Fund on one day. Lisa Kathy, my exec, producer, supremo. Lisa, let's get, uh, um, let's get John Fund 
Back then, John was with the Wall Street Journal. John wrote a book, and I remember reading this book, and it blew my mind, the things that were uncovered. We need to get him on one day. In fact, we need to do an election special, and we'll talk about this case that Diana just brought to our attention about the ballot harvesting, and we'll ask um, uh, John Fund about his book. And there were more voters in King County, Seattle, more vote, more votes cast than there were actual voters. It went to the court, and the Democrat court just gave a pass on it. They didn't find anything wrong with that whatsoever. They will go to any extremes to make sure that Democrats win. And, and that was, they just did it in the open. Here, I know what. Let's make sure that we win this. They produced more votes for the Democrat than there actually were voters, registered voters in the county. And it stuck. Totally amazing. Thank you for that heads up, Derek. Trump hater. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Let's go back to the phones, Ralph and New Rochelle. How are you, Ralph? Thank you for waiting. You're on <laughs> James Golden Boston Early on Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Mr. Golden, today? I listen, I, I listen to Mr. Hunter, and I gotta wonder, does he see how the country is being run today versus the way it was being run when Donald Trump was in office? I mean, my wife goes to the supermarket. And whatever she picks up, she looks at the price, and more than enough time, she puts it back and looks around for a better deal. I mean, things are out of control with these Democrats in power, and he doesn't see that? He doesn't see the reality of what the common man is is going through today? The cost of gas, the cost of food, uh, being told you're a racist if you don't agree with with their uh, point of view. I mean, I don't understand these people. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have to say that uh, you see clearly what Joe Biden has done to this country, and all of us that can contrast what it was like and what Trump did to help. When the now, what we have forgotten a little bit is the how desperate things became under the Obama. Years And remember, I remember Obama. This is, Rush used to talk about this quote all the time with Obama. Remember when Trump was running in, in 2016 and, and, and Obama came out, oh, you're never going to win. Oh, Ed, what are you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? Wave a magic wand and change the economy? What you going to do? What you going to do? Obama couldn't believe that the economy could be changed. In fact, Obama said, those jobs, those jobs went overseas. They're never coming back. What did Trump do? He brought those jobs back that Obama said would never come back. Manufacturing increased. There was so much that Trump does, it did in his tenure of one term that it's hard to remember it all. And he did wave the magic wand of tax cuts, fewer regulations. He cut regulations. He promoted economic growth. He actually got executives into the White House and convinced them to bring some of those jobs back to America. I know anybody can say that this man doesn't deserve a second term based on what he did. So, great question. I appreciate it so much. Let's go to Oklahoma City and Tom. Tom, 
You're up next. Yes. Thank you, James. You, you, I called you before, and I didn't get all my message true. You told me to call back. Well, now, here you that's are. That's what I'm doing. Please listen to me. Let me okay. finish, I hope. Um, I'm 100% behind, not behind Trump, with him. Um, the only thing he needs now is God's wisdom. He has the right understanding of the policies, what to do for this country, uh, with um, our enemies around the world and helping us like he did in for United States of Americans, all of us. He's done it and he can do it again. What is lacking with the Democrats, which they probably will never change, their lies, their uh, deceiveness uh, and cheating. They're never going to change. Why? Because they don't have God in their hearts. We got to get God in our hearts, every one of us. I have it. I no, believe no, no, you Stop, do. stop, stop, stop. Let me, I have to jump in at this point. Look, it's one thing to say that we need God as a nation. It's another thing entirely to say that an entire political party, the entire thing. Now, I agree with you that the policies of some elected Democrats are godless. I agree with that. But I look at people like my mom. My mom was a, a Democrat Party hack for years. Yeah, I, I challenge anybody to say my mother didn't have God in her heart. That's nonsense. There are so many people that do have God in their hearts. They think different than we do politically, but that doesn't mean that they're walking around godless or soulless. Now, they I wonder if they have the same uh, the, the same sort of disdain for some of the policies that Democrats do, it's hard to understand that. It's hard to understand how people that are that that do have spiritual beliefs could support things like body harvesting of infants. It's hard to understand that. It's hard to understand how people that claim to be devout religious people can look at what the Democrat Party is doing to the most vulnerable people in society, be, whether they're on the side of the, of the infants or the elderly, and people in between, and continents, those things, those policies. It's hard for us to understand it. But let us not fall into the trap of disparaging our fellow citizens and claiming that we know that their hearts are absent of God. That is a, that's a step too far. Let's not go there. Tom, we'll give you the last word. Thank you. Keep going. Yes, James. It's not you misunderstand me. I'm not saying they don't they don't have a good heart. They we all are blessed when we're born with God's wisdom. I mean blessings, but we don't get God's wisdom. What is God's wisdom? Making the, the right decisions. You cannot make the right decisions, especially important decisions like running this country and being the leader of the world, unless you have his wisdom. You're going to make the wrong decision. Tom, love you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it so much. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Coming back, more of your calls right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. WABC. Remember, Cousin Brucey is along later on this evening.
Bruce Hornsby. Truly one of the most profound songs of this era. That's just the way it is. This is one of those songs I never, ever, ever get tired of hearing. John in Staten Island, your turn. You're up on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. John, how are you doing today? Okay, sir. Uh, I was going to mention, oh, by the way, that's totally like the way it is. It, yeah. it it has changed. Did we have the first black president? Yes, we did. And a lot of the things have done, except the Democrats want to keep playing like nothing's ever happened. But uh, in San Diego, uh, Brian Ferry was on a group called Roxy Music. I'm an 80s guy. I was I was brought up on that music. Roxy Music has some great hits from Brian Ferry, lead singer. I remember it. Roxy Music. Brian yep. Ferry was in Roxy there were a Music. Lot of good songs on there. I had no idea. Hello. Nice, nice. Well, thank you. Yeah, but check that out. I will. And Thanks, uh, yeah, my my point is this. Uh, her, her what should we call it? Uh, Schumer was on a on a plane with Biden on uh, the airport grounds. And he goes, we don't know why, because if you go all the uh, YouTube tapes with all the big mainstream media, they put inaudible where he says, I don't know why they're voting for Herschel Walker. Any Republican would have said something about that and the candidate on the other side would have been called a racist. And that's what Schumer is. Because all Warnock did was take $5 trillion dollars like what Schumer did back when Obama was in charge and printed ten trillion dollars, and now they got that money to spend for their friends. But meanwhile, Herschel Walker has set up daycare camps and stuff like that where he was. He's a businessman, and Warnock ran over his ex-wife with a car on her foot. Ooh. So my Ooh. thing is this, Ooh. huh? I just said, ow, ow. <laughs> so my point is this: Schumer is a racist. If we could get the minorities here just to hear him say that, I'm pretty sure you could wake up a lot of people that Joe Pena could be in there. And he, he he's uh, African-American or he's uh, Hispanic. I don't know which one. But he's a businessman, too. And let's give him a shot. 
instead of racist white Schumer running this place for 40 years. <laughs> I love you, John. That's the way to go. Thank you. That's just the way it is, my friend. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Let's go to Clarence in Queens. Clarence, you're very patient, and we thank you for your patience. Thank you so much, Mr. Golden. Um, I love your book. Your book is absolutely fabulous. Thank My you. comment is let's play the long game. We have several levels of government, the federal, the local, and the state. Let's keep out powerful state people in the state places. Let's put Trump in. That way we have four years of cleaning house, setting stuff up, and then when a DeSantis or a Gnome or a Christy Love, whatever one of them is, comes in, they'll be able to have a clean engine and a clean slate to bring the country into 16 or more years of positive growth. Yep, and the snow plows, and the snow, thank you, thank you, thank you, Clarence, and the snow plows will be just plowing away and be happy, and and people can get in bed with the, uh, I'm, yeah, Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Eric, Eddie, I'm sorry, in Staten Island, you're up next, thank you, Eddie. Uh, Good morning, uh, James. Look, James, the importance of Donald Trump is his experience. He already knows what it's like to work with the swamp. He should do the same thing that Clinton did when he fired all those district attorneys across the country. But more importantly, listen to this. After he stabilizes America, Donald Trump's effect on the world will get it out of its despair and the chaos that exists everywhere. The whole world is in darkness. And we need the light of Donald Trump through God's grace to help us all. Thank you, Eddie. I so appreciate your call. John and Woodbridge, you're up next. Uh, yeah, uh, regarding the uh, sort of, a, I guess, like allegiance or, uh, you know, affinity that most white conservatives have for the police, you know, I have to tell you, it is downright suicidal. And why am I saying that? I'm saying that because of Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was a law-abiding Trump supporter who went down to Washington in January 6th, who was murdered in cold blood by a degenerate, low-life, freeloader, tax-feeder, pension bum in a police uniform, okay? Now, the police exist to protect and serve the politicians. They do not exist to protect and serve the public. And when the politicians think that you're a threat to their power, whether they want to take away your Second Amendment, shut you down on the Internet, and shut down your free speech, the police will do everything the politicians tell them to do, no matter how atrocious. Now, I want to give you a specific example. Now, you and I both know that right now crime, real crime, is out of control in New York City. But the NYPD, here, right here in New York, has time, resources, and taxpayer money to stalk and harass a law-abiding white conservative woman by the name of Gina Aversano. A-V-E-R-S-A-N-O. Stop right there. Stop. Stop. I can't vet what you're saying about this woman. There's no way I can vet it. You kind of sprung that one on me. I'm not doubting you, but I'm just saying I don't want to start putting people's names out here that are in legal circumstances when, A, I don't know anything about it, and, B, I can't vet the story. It's not fair to me, not fair to the audience. So, now, I heard a lot of things that you said about the police. Some of it I would take mild disagreement with. I am a person that I urge people to remember that police are also agents of the government. 
Conservatives, we believe in smaller government. But the police are not just here to serve politicians. Police do every, you know, police men and women put their lives on the line to protect neighborhoods that many of us wouldn't want to be in. They're in there. And I, I'm a person that talks about how rogue police need to be removed from the force. Rogue police. The majority of police are not rogue. The majority of law enforcement are not rogue. The FBI, another agency, needs to be swept clean of its leadership because they have been politicized and weaponized. I think we can be critical of any government agency, including the police, but what we should not do is paint with such a broad brush on the law enforcement people that sacrifice their lives and sacrifice their energy for the good of society. They are good and decent people, and we need to honor them, honor them, and not denigrate the sacrifices that they make for us. That is not to say, blank check, we do have to hold rogue police and rogue police and law enforcement uh, 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 leaders to accountability. Society must do that. Thank you for the call, John. Appreciate it. Frank in Long Island. James, I go back to the James and Joel show and the days wow. when Bob Grant, and the days when Bob Grant used to call you gentleman James Golden. Oh my gosh. Long time, my friend. Long time. I just want I, w- I just wanted to say one thing. The immediate reaction of the networks yesterday, including Fox, about the Pelosi situation, who I feel really sorry for the man, their immediate reaction was, why aren't these relatives of these uh, political office holders getting protection also? Now, what, what gets me annoyed about this is that last I read, the Pelosi's had 250 or $300 million in the bank. Okay, this is you're telling me they can't hire a bodyguard for one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for Paul Pelosi if they're so concerned. And and they have six freezers full of ice cream on top of it. So says (laughs) Nancy. Yeah. (laughs) Frank, we're out of time. I'm glad you got the last word because it was a powerful word. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the call. We will see you on Monday for Boston Early's Rush Hour. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you on Monday. The real enemy of any communist society is not the dissident. Its real enemies are the beautiful and the good, each of which answers to a higher authority. My crew, the best in radio. Thank you all. Thank you for being here. See you Monday.